Welcome to Lavender U, a community for LGBTQ women and femmes, where we talk about all things queer media and representation. I'm Jamie Margolin. Today on the pod, we have a guest that my baby gay self from four years ago would be freaking out over, Zolita. Zolita is a lesbian pop artist who is one of the first queer singers I ever listened to and became a fan of. Um, I've been listening to Zolita since 2016 and her music and iconic music videos were my lifeline when I was in the closet and I was very mesmerized by them and the the storylines and the filmmaking and the music and it was just so refreshing to see some a girl like me uh, making music when you know a lot of queer music didn't exist back then even though it wasn't that long ago uh zolita welcome to the pod thank you so much i'm so excited to finally meet you yeah chatting chatting online for so long and seeing all the incredible work you're doing so thank you for having me The song you are currently listening to that is the theme song and official song of the Lavender You podcast is Love Line, which is a song by Zolita. So Zolita, tell us, you know, is there anything about Love Line that you want to share? Yeah, well, I'm very honored that Love Line is the theme song for this podcast. And Love Line is off of my new album, Evil Angel. And it is a song about a classic queer crush the, the phase of having a crush where you're like romanticizing everything about that person. And I think that we all, we all do that. So <laughs> yeah, that's what Love Line is about. Yeah. And a lot of, a lot of astrology in there too, which is very, uh, which I think is very queer as well. Yes. Astrology gays mm-hmm. are a thing. Um, I don't know much about it, but I would like to know more and yes. I respect it. Maybe you and I should should chat oh, astrology we need sometime because I, I would oh like we to absolutely learn. should yes. I love it and print the yes. knowledge upon me <laughs> amazing so for our listeners who don't know who you are can you tell people a little bit about yourself how you got started and the creation of the name and persona of Zolita since I know that's not like your birth name but that's the the stage yeah, yeah. presence that you've created definitely I feel like I like to say that I make music so I can make the music videos because. I love music videos so much as a medium. Um, So I grew up playing music on the side and uh, playing bluegrass, actually. And then I went to film school, NYU, where you are right now. And um, yeah, and I always thought that film was more the route that I was going to go because I love visuals. I love photography. And then when I got to film school, I realized that music videos were the medium that I really loved because they didn't have to necessarily be linear. They didn't necessarily have to be narrative. Um, and I could play so much with other things, other like forms of art that I love, um, like fashion and makeup and dance and activism. Um, so yeah, realized I love music videos, but there wasn't necessarily anybody that I wanted to make videos for. And I was writing music on the side kind of for fun. And I thought to myself, well, why don't I just do both? And yeah, the Virgo Taurus in me, very uh, controlling. <laughs> so I loved the idea of, of, of doing all of it all at once. Um, so yeah, and while I was at NYU, I started making music videos 
four class projects and the first one was explosion explosion is like your most viral music video for those of you who don't know explosion is a great gay song that zolita made and it, it has it, it's very stunning it has very haunting almost biblical imagery um it's yeah. so incredible that like the first thing you made for like a school project ended up blowing up so like was it after explosion blew up that you like I don't know, like, how did you create the persona of Zolita? And, like, are you mm-hmm. and Zolita one in the same? Are Zoe and Zolita the same person? Or are they kind of like um, Dr. Jekyll and yeah, Mr. Yeah. Hyde or some sort of split thing? And how did that evolve? So Zolita is definitely an alter ego, I would say, but is kind of like a facet of myself and has become almost this outlet to explore parts of myself that I feel like I maybe wouldn't have allowed Zoe to. And um, kind of also became a way for me to become more se- comfortable in my sexuality and confident and like proud of my of my sexuality. Uh, definitely inspired by you know other pop icons like Lady Gaga and Madonna and and you know pop singers that are so shameless in expressing their sexuality and and um, I think I saw them and and saw that as a way to also kind of do the same and becoming becoming more confident and okay with who I was. So, and it's funny cuz I am I it's my music is so dark and my visuals are so dark and my my friends always say they're like it's so it's the funniest thing about you because you're like the sunniest, happiest, like ah, like person and you know, as Zoe, but Zolita is so much darker. So, I think that yeah, it's it's a nice way for me to explore that side of myself because it's in there. You know, we all have our light and our dark. So Zoe's the light and Zolita's the more dark. Yes, absolutely. Ominous kind Definitely. of force. Yeah. I love it. How would you describe your music and music style and like music videos to, to someone who has never heard of you or, or seen any of your stuff? Ooh, so the music, I would call it witch pop, like dark <laughs> witch pop. Um there's definitely, yeah, a lot of bops, but also a lot of dark, sad vibes as well. And um, very gay. Almost every song I feel like is pretty queer. And um, the music videos, I would say also have a lot of like cult imagery, uh, religious imagery, and are definitely avant-garde and always have you know, or I'm always trying to say something with them or push the boundary in some way, you know, with what's okay on YouTube. Um, so yeah. I saw I saw one of your, your TikToks, you were just like, I make music videos and as an excuse to kiss pretty girls. <laughs> I mean <laughs> Yeah. So most commented. of your music videos consist of you kissing pretty girls. Yeah. Is this intentional? <laughs> Is this <laughs> You know, I'm I'm shooting what I would like to see, so <laughs> it is pretty intentional. But also, yeah, so I think someone had commented that they were like, I think Solita just makes music videos as an excuse to kiss pretty girls and throw some magic in there and then call it a day. And I thought that was so funny. And I was like, you know, I'm going to own that and be like, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> why I'm doing this. But I kind of, my next challenge for myself, I was thinking, I was like, okay, the next video, like, I'm not, no beds. I can't have a bed in the next video. Because I feel like every single video, there's a bed in it. There's always, like, you know, so that's going to be my challenge. That's (laughs) true. Okay, your challenge. I I love that. That's a a very, um, very interesting challenge. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. 
So you were the femme lesbian representation that helped me come to terms with who I was as a very feminine lesbian because uh, I always, I don't know, I grew up with stereotypes that lesbians had to be a certain way and, and, and only, you know, as I got more and more, my eyes opened more and more to the LGBT community and I learned more and more being a, a part of that community, I realized that like queer people can look all certain different ways and, and all ways of, of presenting as perfectly beautiful and valid. Your, your music and that representation really helped me. So um, what made you become an artist who like makes music for queer girls and, and what's it like to, to, to be the representation of that kind of lesbian? First of all, thank you so much. That makes my touches my heart seriously, and I'm so happy to yeah to be talking to you. Um, I think it was when I so when I put out Explosion, um, and didn't really expect anything from. I put it online, didn't expect it to do anything, and then when it started to go viral, just seeing people in the comments kind of bond over this shared experience of being in love with your best friend. I mean, I didn't realize that was such a universal queer experience at that point because I was had only been out maybe for a year. And um, just seeing that it was healing for so many people to kind of hear this experience reflected back to them that they also were having, really that was my aha moment and made me realize that that's what I wanted to do moving forward uh, with my music and with any kind of art that I make. I definitely realized that that was like my mission was was representing people that are not as represented and yeah and I mean growing up I feel like I think I feel like you've said this too before you want to make the with the show that you're making right you want to yeah. make your you want to make a show the show that you didn't have growing up and I think that's the case with so many queer artists is like who grew up with not very much representation now you know the world is a little bit different and things are so much more accepted and also people have more access and it's just easier to to create things without like a middleman so yeah yeah <laughs> no yeah and um i also wanted to to ask you like i i think i saw you posting some some things about this is like you're a very like feminine like girly kind of person and how did did ju just like the way I struggled with that did that make you confused about if you were ever queer or not or have you ever had the classic you're too pretty to be gay or like what you don't look gay how is that possible what a waste like mm -hmm. those kinds of comments yeah. like how, what's it been like coming to terms with that and then also like how people interact with with you being a lesbian who people would think of as like traditionally femininely pretty Definitely. I think that for sure was a big reason why it took me so long to realize uh, that I was queer. It wasn't until I think like junior year of high school when I saw Glee and saw Santana and Brittany and saw that two feminine women could be in a relationship that it wasn't until then that I realized that that's what I wanted. Because um, before that, I feel like the only person that I really knew of in the mainstream media was Ellen. And I knew I didn't like women who looked like her or wasn't attracted to them. And I, and I didn't look like that. And I presented very feminine. So I didn't think that there was a chance I could be gay. And I think, I, I think in my mind, I was like, oh, 
maybe later on I'll be more interested in men, but right now I'm just focused on my photography and like taking pictures of girls. <laughs> oh, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. The but whole I'm not gay, I'm just studious. That yes. was me. I'm just I'm just not I'm just not into that that, that I'm just so focused on my schooling. I'm not yeah. like you other people focused on your boyfriends. Yeah. It turns okay. out I was just gay. Yep. Like I don't have time for crushes, okay? I don't have time to go have go on dates. Yeah. Yeah, so for sure took longer than I'm sure it's, you know, than it is for kids growing up now with TikTok and with just so many different varieties of representation. But um and then now in in my life, I feel like I'm not really questioned um within the queer community. Sometimes you feel like if you're super femme, you know, you feel doubted. Yeah. But um now I feel like definitely more accepted and not as questioned as as I used to be. Right. So when I was a closeted baby gay, the thing about your music videos that really touched me with Holy with um, Explosion is how like majestic and like almost not Disney like but like if Disney was dark. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, re- I remember one of your music videos where um, – I think it was come home with me mm-hmm. where you each each image was like recreating a famous lesbian art and so it gives it gives it this like timeless feel of like like your music videos are watching something that could be in the metropolitan metropolitan museum of art or something that could that could just be in a museum something that beautiful like a sculpture and we don't really think about queer art like that typically i don't really see a lot of something that is so majestic and dark and magical and like ethereal you also had like a a lyric video with like old lesbian pulp fiction like what is it with the religious nostalgia Mm -hmm. greek imagery all of that stuff yeah i love the idea of revisiting kind of art that queer people you know have been historically excluded from or not been represented in and then reimagining that and um or reimagine yeah like reimagining how i think it could have been um, if it had been done and um, particularly for the come home with me video the three paintings that we recreated in that video either were done by men or were like anonymous so might have been a woman who wasn't allowed to say that she had painted it right and um, so I loved the idea also of taking you know taking these sapphic paintings that were through the male gaze and then reimagining them through you know, the gaze of, of someone who's actually a lesbian, so. Yeah, it just, it means a lot to see us kind of in something that could be timeless, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and what you call your, your music witchy pop, and, and I think that's a perfect description of it. What made your, what made you choose to go the theme of like dark, witchy, kind of, not spooky, but I guess witchy is the right, is the yeah. right term kind of music. And why, why did you choose that like magic cultish witchy kind of theme for your music and music videos? Yeah, I think I've always been attracted to darker sounds. Um, but I started, I kind of arrived when I was going through my religious tourist kind of phase, because uh, I'm super drawn to spirituality. And um, so I definitely went through a period where I was like, okay, I went to like a, a Catholic mass and I went to a Christian teen group and I went to a Shabbat dinner and I went to, I like tried everything. Mm-hmm. And um, 
And then I found Wicca several years ago. It was like maybe like five years ago, found Wicca. And uh, I loved the idea that in Wicca, the power is in, in you. And it's like, you're combining your power with nature's power to reach divine power. And yeah, so I, I love, I started practicing magic several years ago and that naturally started bleeding into kind of my lyrics and into the sounds that I was using. Um, just, yeah, I, I feel like just like being queer kind of naturally bleeds into my music because that's my day-to-day -day life because magic has become also part of my day-to-day. -day, it started to really show up in my art as well. So yeah. And also I think that, you know, magic and Wicca has been, because it's like a fringe religion or fringe spirituality, it's always been attractive to queer people and there's, you know, yeah. Yeah. I think it's because we, we're often excluded and shamed in like mainstream religion that creating something or reclaiming old practices, I mean, it has its own meaning. And, and I, I see a lot of like witchcraft imagery and a lot of like um, a lot of that in like queer TikTok and stuff because yes. I feel like it's a way for people to find something bigger than themselves, but also like not in, in the form of a, of a system like the Catholic Archdiocese that like discriminates against lgbt people you know I'm, I'm interested when you say practicing magic like what do you mean by by practicing magic i feel like people often they think of like casting spells over mm -hmm. a cauldron or like bippity boppity boo with like a magic wand like what what it what is the 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 magic that that you practice and uh what is that like and and how did yeah. you become someone who practices magic and what what kind of magic well, I do have a cauldron and I do have a magic wand, so there's there is a little bit of that. Um, but it's not as it's not as uh, what's the word fairy tale esque like that all the time. But um, I mostly practice with along with the full moon and the new moon, so I'll do spells that kind of line up with that. And um, and yeah, and I do a lot of candle magic. I think in the beginning when I first started practicing magic, I loved it so much because it was so dramatic like you all of the things and like you're putting yourself in the zone and now I feel like I don't need I don't know it's it's definitely much more about intention um rather than all of the materials so yeah what are these spells that you're casting like what what is this is it like wishing for prosperity or hexing mm -hmm. someone or, or what is it so never never hexing somebody i've never done a black magic spell before but um you have a song called black magic i do you've never done black magic i know i'm not like <laughs> practicing what i'm preaching but um yeah, that was when I wrote that song, that was a moment of like, I almost cast a black magic spell because I was really upset at somebody, but uh, but I didn't do it. Instead, I wrote a song, which I think's better. But um, they say that if you, you know, do, if you cast a black magic spell, basically, you know, wishing something bad on somebody, it's going to come back to you threefold. So I don't do that. But mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's mostly like prosperity or healing, um, you know, getting over heartbreak uh all kinds of all kinds of things things with my family things with you know blessing a home just kind of whenever i need any you know something in my life i generally turn to that 
That's that's really nice to to have something like that. Speaking of heartbreak, your new uh, album Evil Angel uh, is about heartbreak that you recently experienced. I've read about um, what what was it like turning pain and heartbreak and betrayal into music, and what was the inspiration behind your um, newest musical project, Evil Angel, and the videos off of that album? I definitely am so extremely grateful that I have music and art. Um, to have been able to process that last experience. I like, I say this all the time, like, oh my God, what do people do who go through these intense betrayals or breakups who don't have art to, to process through it and make like something tangible out of all of that pain? Um, Cause right. that was definitely the thing, the only thing that got me, got me through all of that um, betrayal and heartbreak was having an outlet to be able to express everything that I was feeling and process through it. And then also the idea of like making something then that you can show to the world and that other people can, you know, find themselves in and relate to. And, you know, it's healing for other people as well. And in that way, it heals me all over again. So because yeah. it makes something productive out of pain, I think for a lot of people, it's hard. I mean, I don't, I'm not a believer that like things happen for a reason. I think the universe just bad things happen and different people deal with it different ways. I'm not a believer in purpose, but I, uh, I in purpose of bad things. But I, yeah. I think that people often try to make purpose out of the bad things in a way to like justify it in mm -hmm. my head like if I'm gonna go through all of that pain then it better be because I made something great and I feel yeah. like that's a lot of heartbreak albums um the the album cover of Evil Angel is you like holding a a, a girl in white kind of like what, what is that like uh, Mary holding Jesus or, or what what was what was the album art yeah yeah Evil Angel? so it was a reference uh, La Pieta was the reference Mary holding Jesus and I'm holding myself, actually. It's a body double, but we, like, Photoshop my... We shot it twice, basically. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I guess there's a lot of different ways that it could be interpreted. Um, one of the ways is, you know, I'm holding that, that past self who was in the relationship and that dark side of myself and that, you know, the death of that chapter could also be me holding the person, the death of that person in my eyes and who they were. Yeah, I love the idea of you know, people being able to interpret it in, in different ways that they want to. I'm always excited for your new content because it's so artistic and beautiful yes. and it's it's just amazing and it's so gay unapologetically. I'm just like, you feed the gays. So is there yes. anything else that the, the gays can expect to be fed with? <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, so my short film, Evil Angel, is going to come out in March. And basically it incorporates little bits of the entire album um, in a way that's diegetic, so it's kind of worked in within the, within the film and its narrative. Mm -hmm. So very very stoked for that. And um, what else? I'm doing a deluxe version of the album, and there's going to be some really really exciting collaborations with other queer artists that are reworking some of the songs. So that's I'm very excited for that. And I think that's what I was yeah. gonna ask. Um, so the people there was like a, a conglomerate of my gay friends in my headphones the 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 queer girls that I would listen to and it was you and Haley Kiyoko were like the ones mm -hmm. I, like I'm just I'm just thinking like when is the Zolita Haley Kiyoko collab when is the Zolita King Princess girl in red Kehlani like all of these oh my God. queer artists I feel like there's not enough yeah, collaboration yeah. I'm like I mean I have you listen. been in conversation with any of these artists 
I'm open, you know, I'm open. We will, we will see. But, um, yeah, not, I feel like there's a weird, sometimes there's a weird, like, competitive thing with, with queer female artists, which is so, you know, it shouldn't be like that. But I feel like a lot of the times queer artists, like, are pit, because they're, like, pitted, you know, up against each other, um, they tend to, like, stray from collaborating with other queer female artists, which I feel like is so wrong because there's room for everybody. But um, yeah. I'm always, I'm so down to, to collab with any of those artists that you named. I admire all of them, so... Yeah, yeah, and I think another, I, I think she identifies as a lesbian, like, artist who kind of has similar, not similar aesthetics to you, but, like, does the same kind of witchy, kind of, like, dark um, gay pop as, like, Gia Woods. I would love to see, have you, do you guys talk, like, I would love to see a Zolita Gia yes, Woods collab. Yes, she's, we run into each other all the time in LA, and we've hung out a few times, and she's fantastic, and so that's, that seems like something that could happen for sure in the future. Because she's a, yeah, I'd call, I would call her a friend. She's really awesome. So, yeah. That's amazing. Um, something else that is unique about you and your um, music and videos is that I think you, you talk a lot about being an independent artist. And, and while you, you do have a very niche cult following, you know, you're not on the charts or like a typical, like what people would describe as, as like a pop star, very niche queer following. And, and also... Um, this might have changed, but do you not have, like, a record label or anything like that? Like, what what is your opinion about, you know, being someone who's, like, a, a niche artist and, like, uh, an independent? Like, is there a reason for that? Would you like to, to, to do more mainstream, like, break out into the mainstream or eventually get signed? Or or, or do you prefer the, the freedom of, of staying um, relatively, like, independent and, and with your, your own niche following? Yeah. I mean, the beautiful thing about the music industry right now is that it, it, I am able to to do this. And like, just that we were talking about earlier, the middleman is gone and I can, you know, I can film a music video and I can record an album and I can directly upload it to YouTube and to, and to Spotify and all of those places myself and like build my own following and then get to keep all of my, you know, keep my masters and keep my rights and also decide when I want to release music and not be you know, beholden to what other people want from me. Um, and also be able to just do everything exactly how I want to do it with my videos. And so I do love, I love, love being independent, but of course the, the money side is definitely trickier and um, I'm not able to make as much, you know, work as I want. And it's definitely a constant hustle and, um, you know, getting in rooms with other songwriters and it's, yeah, a lot of it's a lot of it's hustling and grinding, but I do love it. And I, I'm not opposed to uh, signing with a label, but it would for sure have to be, you know, the right one and the right people. And I just yeah, I hear so many horror stories about artists that sign too early or sign with the wrong kind of label that doesn't have the right vision for them. And that kind of just keeps them hostage and then they're not able to release things for years and I would just rather be in a place where I can keep you know releasing stuff when I want to so yeah yeah do you feel like you've ever um faced any sort of like like what's it like being a an independent artist and, and a queer woman in the music industry do you feel like um you are excluded from the mainstream in a way that you know like if you were a straight artist you would 
be more mainstream or or do you feel like um i don't know like have you run into any challenges or, or adversities as a very openly lesbian um musician who isn't shy about it and literally is like here's all my gay stuff enjoy like how has mm-hmm. the reaction been i would say maybe in the beginning but i think now if anything it's like i would say it's it's helpful because it's, it's a niche and it's like you know something that's not as well saturated or, or represented so if anything yeah i don't think that it's that it's hurt me in any way um if anything i would say a lot of labels now they're like oh we already have our lesbian artist you know like right. that person that's our lesbian artist we don't need another lesbian artist right. which is <laughs> which is so that's funny because so it's like yeah are they like oh shoot we already have our straight person we've reached our heterosexual quota um that that's that's a that's i guess and and maybe that that's the reason behind the competitiveness that you were describing earlier is that when you're a part of a minority or like a marginalized group it's kind of like only one of you can succeed we can have a token but there can't be too many of you and so then people internalize that and then when, when you look at other queer women instead of being like these are my my sisters in arms and let's make music together it's more of i want to be the lesbian that they recruit because yeah. there's only room for one there's only room Is for that one the vibe yeah totally yeah it's so frustrating but i think i i hope i think it's changing more and more and more um especially with you know spotify i feel like recently just listening to like spotify playlists um curated playlists i'll hear a song that you know is clearly a woman singing about another woman but I've never even heard of this artist and I look them up and like being gay isn't even a part of their, their press, you know? So that's pretty cool that it's becoming more, you know, just normalized and it's not as yeah. much like, Oh, this is the lesbian artist and that has to be your main selling point. And right. Um, which I don't, I don't mi- totally mind because it helps sometimes, it, you know, having that title helps queer people to find you, you know? Right. But it's also really cool when, you know, like I hate in movies where it's centered around like coming out scenes and it's really nice to have new shows like She-Ra and the Princesses of Power where everyone is just super gay and no one cares or comes out. It's just the norm. And Mm -hmm. so things like that, um, it's really nice to see, Um, you know, hopefully we live in a world where no one has to come out because it's not assumed that you are straight so you can just exist and people will not be mad at you for deviating from the supposed norm. Um, Exactly. Yeah. My last question for you is what are your favorite queer media recommendations? This is a podcast about representation and seeing ourselves in the media. So what are some of your favorite, um, what are some of your favorite shows or movies or songs or, or TV episodes that um, are queer and, and you would recommend that other people also experience? Yeah. Okay, The Handmaiden. That's always my number one. Have you seen it before? The Handmaiden. I've heard of it. I've heard of it. Um, Jamie, Jamie, you gotta yes. watch it. You gotta watch okay. it. Okay, <laughs> okay, I'll watch it. I was just scared. Like I don't know. I was just nervous that it was like another male gazy, like tragic lesbian story. So I was afraid to watch it. It's but not. I will watch it. It's it's okay. It's a little male gazy uh, with the sex scenes, which you know classic like what I find that with male um when male men direct sex scenes it's always wide shots it's so scientific almost and like Mm. one woman which I've made such a point and and you know in the sex scenes that I do in music videos it's like little moments and like skin and and 
kind of like the feeling rather than like look right. at these two bodies like slamming into each other like, but, like um, in a non like an anatomy lesson is pretty yeah. much what they give yeah yeah so like there is class. there is a little bit of that but it's not tragic which is why i like it and it's and it's twisted and it is triumphant and the cinematography is beautiful and it's it's one of my favorite and i think underrated super underrated um queer movies so the handmaiden, nice, the handmaiden. anything yes. else yeah uh what else what else mulholland drive is also one of my favorites um the wilds which have you watched that yet no Ooh. okay that also gay media catching up to oh yeah the wilds is a it's on amazon prime a plane full of teenage girls that are you know supposed to be going to this retreat goes down into the middle of the ocean and they all end up on a deserted island and uh, it's a big social experiment, but yeah, and there's a really beautiful gay storyline in that show, so you should watch that. It's really good. Any other like queer musicians that you feel like you've seen rise up, but a lot of people don't know about that you like to listen to, and you want to let our listeners know about? Ooh, Arlo Parks, I love mm. right now. She is fantastic. I feel like she's yeah, she's really blowing up and having. She's about to have a huge moment, I think. Um, yeah. I have a playlist on Spotify called Damn It Feels Good to Be Gay, and I always keep it updated with really incredible new queer songs and queer musicians. So yeah. So if you want to listen to more, check it out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also have a, a queer playlist called Lesbian oh, yes. Bops Because Gay. Um, yes, you do. And you are on there a lot, and, and it's just an accumulation of like tens of hours of gay songs. Um, so yes. Thank you so much again for joining us on the pod. And I really appreciate you telling us all about your music. Um, where can people go check you out to find you and listen to your songs and watch your videos? So I'm at Zolita on Instagram and TikTok and Twitter and all of the things and Spotify. And yeah. Amazing. Well, go look her up and thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to have been here and talk to you. And I'll see you in New York. Thank you. <laughs> yes, yes. Thanks for listening to this episode of Lavender You. Our show is produced by Goal 17 Media, and our theme song is Love Line by the one and only Zolita. We release new episodes every other Thursday, so make sure you like, rate, and subscribe on Spotify, YouTube, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever it is you get your podcasts. And follow us on social media too. We are at LavenderUPod, that's Y-O-U, on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you're a queer person out there who's just feeling alone or sad or anxious or like no one in the world understands what it's like, know that you are not alone. This community was made for you. If you ever need to reach out to talk to a fellow queer person about anything and feel community and that you're not alone, know that Lavender You is a community of people who love and accept you. We're glad you're here and our DMs on social media are always open if you need to talk. Send us a message anytime. We are here for you. See you next episode and until then, long live the gays. Am I in your love line?